Welcome back to the Low Bottom High Rise podcast with me, Moira Cassava, and some of my most admired favorite people that I get to sit down and have incredible conversations with. And today, you've got one of a kind. There is nobody quite like Randy Garn. He is, first of all, probably the most connected human I've ever met in my entire life. I mean, this guy's friends with Tony Robbins, with Lewis Howes, with with all of the greats. And he too is one of the greats. He's a New York Times bestselling author. He's a passionate entrepreneur. He helps people build crazy successful businesses because he's done that himself. And I just, I love this man. He is there for everyone like I've never met anyone. And his heart and his humbleness, his love for family, his faith, it is something that I I aspire to. So super excited. If you don't know Randy Garn already, I'm excited for you to get to know him today in the show. Let's dig in. You ready then? Dude, I am so ready. Let's go. Let's do this. Come on. Let's go. Yes. Yes. I love it. I am so excited to have you on the show. I mean, I just left my daughter's basketball game and like sprinted home. And a lot of times I come home because I have to work. (laughs) And I was so looking forward to this call and just time with you and conversation with you because I'm a, an avid reader and I have your book right here and it's blowing my mind. I mean, it's something that I can't wait to get home to and pick up, you know, and keep going on it. It's just, it's awesome. And everything you put out on social media is amazing. And I just, as I was saying right before we cut in, I just think that you are an exceptional human and it seems like everyone I know knows you, but everyone else needs to know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not let too many secrets out, you know? Right? (laughs) Well, first things first, I want to dig in like, how would you just, how would you answer the question? Who is Randy Garn? What's your, like, that's a hefty question. But what's the, you know, there's the father, husband, that kind of a piece, but there's also your business background. Like, I kind of want to know all that too, because I'm fascinated. Yeah. Who is Randy Garn? Oh man, that is, you know, I'll tell you who Randy Garn is. And I'm literally starting to find out who I am. Yeah. I'm literally starting to uncover how freaking amazing I am. Oh, I love I'm that. starting to uncover how great I am. I'm starting to uncover my abilities, my capabilities. I'm starting to un- un- really kind of uncover what like God really needs me and wants me to do. Yeah. You know, I'm starting to uncover that I grew up, everything that's ever happened to me in my life was for a reason and was for a season mm-hmm. for where I am at right now, this present day. Yeah. And so I, I, Randy Garn is one. I grew up in a small town in Sugar City, Idaho, with an amazing father, an amazing mother. And I literally, I want to leave a legacy before I leave this earth. And somebody that says Randy Garn treated me well. And he was amazing at just giving and giving and giving. And I was able to give so much that I couldn't keep the, the you know, I could not keep the abundance from coming. Yeah. That's who Randy Garn is. I love that. I just got chills because that's the message I get about you when your name comes up to so many people. And it is just that, that you are the most kind, generous, supportive, 
helpful person. So you are leaving that legacy. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what's the business background? Because from the outside in, I'm like, what it, What does he do? I'm still kind of confused. Like, it's not like you can say I'm an attorney, you know? Yeah. yeah. So what's the business background? And what do you, what's the work that you're doing now? And kind yeah. of how did you get there? Yeah. So back when I was, uh, when I, back when I was a junior, when I was a junior in college, um, we started, I wanted to build the world's largest coaching and training company. Wow. And it was actually called Prosper. Um, and we had, you know, a little over 700 employees. Um, we just a little over 700 employees. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, like that's not, but that's not a big company. Like that's just, I mean, it's, we were, we were doing awesome and we were able to develop one of the, like it's back when coaching wasn't cool. Yeah. And we had the most amazing accounts. And I was like 24 years old. Um, I remember flying out to Nightingale Conant and sitting down with them and we started doing all the coaching and training for Zig Ziglar, Dennis Waitley, you know, Jim Rohn, like all of the greats. And I remember thinking to myself like, dude, I love this. There's nothing else that I ever want to do is literally help people become better people. Mm -hmm. And now you fast forward that like 25 years um, and we grew and we built that company up over 13 years, but we became known as really, I mean, we really were one of the largest coaching and training in personal development yeah. that was on the, on the planet. And wow. so it was, it was awesome. That's a little bit of the the business I background. It. I love that. So I want to know too, where did you, how did you go from that idea? That's a lofty idea for a kid yeah. right? to even the beginning, 700 employees, like where did you, how did you put together the structure of what you were training? Cause it really wasn't around there. There wasn't a blueprint to follow. No. So how did you gather all that? And, and just, because I think that's where a lot of entrepreneurs are stuck, right? They've got an assistant or two and they've got these big dreams and it's that leap from themselves, solopreneur to, you know, maybe having a couple people on board to, yeah, I want to build a business with 700 people, but how do you do that? Yeah. You, one, you have to be really, really good at two things. I'm taking notes. And these are the two things that you have to master the art of. And it's demand creation and demand fulfillment. Mm. So you have to be so good at marketing and lead gen. Mm -hmm. that then you have to be world-class at like fulfilling the promises you make to your customer. And that, if you get so good at, you have to do both. Business is multidimensional. You know, I know so many people like, I just, I mean, so many people that I know are really stuck at like, say, $5 million. And like, mm-hmm. to get to that $10 million point, it's just like, it's like, I don't know how to do it. So yeah. it's like, you have to get really good at demand creation, demand fulfillment, and then you have to learn how to scale. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to, those are the things that are most important in, in growing and scaling your business. And I always talk about the four P's. One is when you, whenever I meet with an entrepreneur, when like, what are your, what are your four P's? What's your product? Mm-hmm. You know, what's your price point? What's your, what's your promotion? And then what people do you need to make this happen? I love that clarity. Yeah, that's good. That's good. 
Okay. So if, if, if you think about it, you can't do, you've got to think about your product. Yeah. You, and I always say people try to market. You have to know what your price points are. Yeah. Because what is your competition? What else is out right. there? Like, what is the consumer going to bear? Like, how do you, how do you position yourself? Are you, you know, Walmart? Are you Nordstrom's? Mm-hmm. Are you, you know, Louis Vuitton? Like what, like, where do you sit in that, that spectrum? But then I would say, once you get those four P's down, um, you also have to, the other thing that I'm super, super huge on is your team and people and those you surround yourself with. That is how you grow a company. Yeah, absolutely. I believe that wholeheartedly. And we have a friend in common, Bedros. And I remember walking into his office and seeing his team. And it painted a whole new picture of the possibility of a high level team. I was like, oh, this is a high level team, you know, and it just in a split second almost made me realize the difference that that makes. And you don't get there alone. Yeah. You don't get there alone. Yep. Did I just see a little child? And I've been out, I've been out, and I've been out to Bedros's too. I've come and spoke with this group. I've been on his podcast. Like he really is an amazing leader. He's a good example of how to scale and how to scale a company. Yeah. So do you, and now currently you help entrepreneurs to do that, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, what a, what a gift and what a fun job. I mean, Bedros and I were talking earlier today and to be able to have a skill set and a roadmap and tools that there's so much noise out there in entrepreneurship land and to be able to know how to tell people, you know, do this, then this, then this, then this, then this, and save them really decades and in money, you know, and to be able to then see that person or that company thrive, like, is there any greater gift, you know, whether it's on a personal one-on-one level or a big company level, it's, I think the greatest work in the world. I, I totally agree. And now what I get to do is I sit on some pretty powerful boards. Yeah. Um, helping them with growth and with strategy and with human capital and with partnerships. But we also, you know, I'm also work with a very, very large, you know, family office and private equity group. So we'll also invest in companies, mm-hmm. which is the greatest because like if I'm gonna invest in somebody, I don't, I don't, and I literally I don't invest in the company, I invest in the leadership team. Yeah. Yeah. And not just the CEO, right? It's like, who is that CEO and who is that founder surrounded themselves with? Right. And does it pass the bus test? That's, that's when you do it. If your business can survive without you being in it, yeah. that for me is like amazing leadership. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I remember learning that. Um, I think it was Tony Robbins that said, you know, are you working in your business or on your business? And are you a business owner or a business manager, I think. And I remember my husband and I were at a Tony event years back and I just looked at my husband because his business would fall apart anytime we went anywhere. And it was a real aha for him that we need to get this thing to a place where we can step away and it can still not just operate, but flourish, you know? Yes. Uh, Well, I want to dig into this because I've seen this thrown around on some different podcasts you've been on. And it's one of my favorite topics, habits of high performers. And you've got six of them, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm so curious because a lot of times there's overlap, you know, with what people are teaching and sharing out there. But I'm really curious as to what you believe the six habits of high performers are. Well, it's there's there are six habits. And this is actually from my buddy, Brandon Burchard, who's a Mm. a dear, just amazing friend. And I mean, he has built an amazing app right now called Growth Day. It's the world's 
best human performance app. You know, it's got a journal with it. It's got your daily trackers. It's got all your accountability all in one place. I mean, we had an amazing call today on it. Mm. And really, really, he spent, you know, a little over $12 million in research with, I mean, Angela Duckworth was part of it from CRIT and, you know, several humongous universities. But the six habits are powerful. And I'm not talking about just habits. I'm not talking because everybody has habits, right? Right. I'm talking about the six most high performing habits that every human needs to have to just crush it in life and business. Yeah. yeah. And so we did, we did a really, really extensive research on, on what those are. And I really believe like everybody has high potential, but not everybody's high performers. Oh, that's powerful right there. Yeah. Say, say that one more time. Every single human I know yeah. has high potential. Yes. But why is it that they are not high performers? Right. And I believe that too. And I think it's what makes us champions of people and good coaches yeah. is the belief in the in the human potential and that it's anything is possible for anyone. And then the struggle as coaches is the disconnect when you don't see people, you know, take action and implement and and really practice the things that they need to practice to become high performers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's why you, that's why you need a coach. That's you why you, like, I have a coach, like I have a coach yep. for, I have several coaches. Yeah. Um, and I've got my wife who's an amazing coach. She coaches <laughs> me all the time. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I call it coaching all the time, but she's amazing. <laughs> right. I've heard she's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> she is so funny. And, but here's the deal is like, what, what are your habits? Like, what if I followed you around for a whole week? Mm. I'm not talking just a day. Right. Like if you could stay consistent for a whole week and coach Garn followed you around, like I'd be able to literally mentor you and coach you on like literally just some little tweaks can make a massive difference. So, so little things don't mean a lot. Little things mean everything when you want yeah. to change your life. Mm. And so I would highly, highly, highly suggest if you want to become know these six habits, you have to have an intention. Mm-hmm. And then you have to have action. That action then becomes habit. And then those habits become your character. And that's who you really are. Yes, absolutely. So when everybody says, hey, he's a character, that's usually not a good thing. But, it <laughs> like, but if people say like, he has, an, he has amazing character, that means your habits and your actions are concise. Yeah. And then there's integrity. Yeah. And then there's, then there's an, there's an integrity with other, and you know, it's funny. Like I know with you too, like you have such a, like a glow about you Mm -hmm. and you just have such like this bright light and this energy for me, like, it's like, it's like Amber Lago, you know, and like Brooke Hemingway and like some of the people that you were just with, like they live intentionally in this high performance state. Brendan's the same way. Like he is who he is. Yeah. You know, he is, he is who he is. You know, I can think of some of this in a month, other people like Tony, I mean, he's, he is who he is. Like he yeah. is amazing. Like Ed Milet, like he is who he is. And that's why they're able to hit yes. is because they're living consistent with who yeah. their habits are consistent with what they want to do. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's what you just said, the consistency, yeah. because I've been in seasons of my life where I'm like, okay, I need to be on. And so my habits get really dialed in. Like whenever I have to speak, I automatically, almost intuitively I want to work out better. I want to eat cleaner, not because of anything to do with my physicality. It has yeah. everything to do with my energy and how I want to show up and be, have a clear mind and have that light about me. 
And the struggle comes when you don't have any speaking engagements, you don't have any big things coming up. And those things tend to slip. But most people aren't speaking on stages. Most people aren't, you know, in front of crowds. And when it's just you against you, it gets a lot more difficult. And that's why you said we all need a coach. I mean, that is, and here's the hiccup that I think people get stuck on, because I used to get stuck on it. Am I really going to pay this person to hold me accountable? Like, can I do that myself? So what are your thoughts around that? Because I think, look at your track record, (laughs) you know, there's a whole lot more that goes on with coaching, but so much of it is just being, having that integrity and staying true to your word of what you say you're going to do, you end up executing on because you know, you got to report into somebody. Yep. Dude, hundred percent. I mean, I've got five people who you would know if I mentioned their names, like we're all doing 75 hard right now. Yeah. And I got to check in twice a day. I got to check in in the morning. I got to check in at night. Yeah. And so like, I'm actually, I'm down like seven pounds and like, it's just, I feel so good. I have energy, yeah. but it's, it's also, it's actually pretty fun and it's not easy. It's like yeah. bananas. Like I went, I did the, I did the outdoor walk yeah. last night, like 1130 at night. I'm yeah. like, I got to get it done. I'm like, these guys are counting on me. So the reason why I've, I've actually, I've, I've never actually paid for coaching though. Yeah. I've well, only, I've you're only in a good circle. <laughs> no, no, but listen, I've never, ever, ever paid for coaching. I have only invested in it. Oh yes. 1000%. And that was a shift for me. That yes. was a shift. Yes. That's, it's an investment also not based on the time exchange, totally. but based on the outcome that you're looking for. Am totally. I willing to invest this to get this outcome? hundred percent. Yeah. Powerful. Okay. Can we go back to the six habits? We can. Yeah. Tell me what they are. All right. So first habit yep. is this. And probably one of the most important is to seek clarity. Mm. That is the very, very, very first habit. Because a lot of people are like gra- grasshoppers, great on takeoff. You never know where they're going to land. It's like, <laughs> I'm going to do this. Blink. Yeah. <laughs> and like freaking, but you, you know, <laughs> And how many people do we know that say like, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a book. And then like six years later, I'm like, dude, how are you? I can't believe you're on the New York times. Oh, I haven't even done it yet. I'm like, what are you? I mean, you were so pumped about it. Like what's going on? Let's go coach. You know? So I love those people that have, is is really, really to, um, is to seek clarity is the very, 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 very most important one. You know, it's, it's such a good skill. It, It combines, you know, when you have clarity, I journal every night. And so one of the things that one of the things that you need to do is to really know exactly where you're going. And it's like in my book, you got to know your Polaris point. Yes. Like, what are the things that are driving you? Like, I get so fired up about life. Yeah. We only live this life one time. I know. I know. I mean, I am so careful with my calendar now. And like my calendar yeah. is my confidence. Yes. And I don't waste a second on it. Yeah. Like this is good for me. This is giving back. Like, like I want to, I want to give to your audience and help them. And, but I think I have so much clarity on what I want to accomplish that that is the very, very, very first habit. And it's, and and it's a critical one, critical one. I, I, and there's no greater feeling. I mean, it is truly, I believe one of the best feelings that you can have in life. And I I stepped out of this weekend, you know, it's funny, going to give a speech, going to pour into women, going to serve. And I had 
so much clarity. And that happens a lot of times when you get out of your home, you get away from your business. And I have been like, you know, just on a pink cloud for the last couple of days because of clarity. Yeah. There's nothing like it. So here's a question around clarity. And I know we have five more to get to, but how do you pursue clarity? So there's probably a lot of people, I've been in a lot of seasons where I just, I'm journaling, I'm doing the things and I'm like, I'm still lost. And it's, it's just like, I can't figure it out. I can't figure out what direction I'm supposed to go in with my business or some people are struggling in a relationship. How do you get the clarity? So everybody does it differently. Um, I. For me, for me to seek clarity, I literally, one, I journal every single night. Mm-hmm. Two, I will go up to our, go up to the mountains, up to our cabin, yeah. you know, and really, really put everything away and try to just listen yeah. and try to really find out what drives, you know, really what gets me most excited. Um, you know, I'll do quarterly reviews with myself. Mm-hmm. I'll do monthly reviews. Am I on track? Am I on track with what I set out to do this year in 2023? You know, once I once I write that down, I always say, and this is the, the other thing is like, I always say that if you don't have your strategy on one page, you don't have a strategy. Mm. So if you don't have a clear plan on one page, yeah, and, and all of the people that work for you don't know what that is either. Right. Yeah. Then they they too are not going to be able to they'll see clearly on where the company or where you want to go and how they can help support. So I always try to get my my really, really just clarity on one page. Yeah. Um, but I will I will do several things. I will write in my journal. I'll in, make sure that I have my strategy for the year on one page. Mm-hmm. As I'm developing that, I literally meditate a ton about it. Mm-hmm. I will pray about it. I will check myself and make sure that I'm on course with it. And part of my strategy is this is this is unique to me. Part of my strategy, a lot of people work on a business strategy and seek clarity that way. What changed everything for me is that I actually really worked on my people strategy and a human strategy. Mm. And for me, it was actually who, then what? Who, then what? Yeah. I and I st- I decided to figure out who do I want to spend life with. Yeah. And so for me, it's like some of them seeking clarity is like, who do I want to support? Who do I want to be around? Who do I love, like, and respect? And I made a list of 25 people that I wanted to get to know. That was my clarity. And in, in when was that? 2000, well, probably 2003. Yeah. I wrote a list of 25 people that I wanted to get to know. And that was my clarity. And I said, these are people that I want to work with and grow and drive value for. And I think that's really important as part of your cl- clarity as you're looking at your clarity is like, who do you work with? Yes. Dude, I, I, a lot of people will say like, don't work with your friends or family. I only work with my best friends. <laughs> yeah. I literally like, it would be the worst if I had went to work, like, and I hated the people I worked with or it was grumpy yeah. and I Ugh. went in, my energy was low. So I think it's, I think that's really in part of like seeking clarity is what do you want to accomplish and who do you want to do it with? It's twofold. I, I, I think you said so much right there because the people part is so, I think people are asking themselves, what do I want to do? What am I supposed to do? But they're not asking them the people, they're not asking themselves the people question. And that is, and I do that a lot. Like I just yeah. take out blank sheets of paper and I've done it since I was in my early twenties, you know, like 
when I think about what I want in my year, it's so often I want to spend more time with these three or four people because I just, they light me up. I feel good. It's a deep connection. And you mentioned it in your book. And I was like, I knew why I liked him. Like human (laughs) connection, relationship, like deep talks, like that is, it doesn't get any better in my life. Like I crave that more than anything. And that's clarity, right? Clarity around that. So it's like, okay, well, in my business, how can I get more of that? And one of the reasons for this podcast, even though I didn't know what the heck I was doing, didn't know how to do it, I I knew that I craved that more. And people sometimes will ask me, they're like, you know, are you earning income off the podcast? I'm like, I don't, I don't even know how many people listen. Like, it's not about that. A lot of people listen, but I never look at the metrics because the driver for me is just human connection. And then giving that value to people, you know, and, but you said something that I feel like very few people do. And and we are listening to a man that is wildly successful. You step away from it all. You meditate, you pray, you get out in nature, you go up to the cabin. And I really want everyone listening to ask themselves, you know, we can be so clouded and we are on our devices, you know, every hour that we're awake, we never take the time to truly disconnect. You know, I, I had a huge moment of clarity this past weekend, the other, and I've, I've shared about this in some writings, two huge moments of clarity for me in the last couple of years, one was in Costa Rica and one was in El Salvador. I mean, it was because I was, the noise was, it was quieter, you Mm -hmm. know, and it allowed me to hear things and see things that it's just too hard to see in our everyday life. So we have to be really intentional about that. Yeah. I love that. You have to be. Um, habits two, three, four, and five and six might need to be individual podcast episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll get I'll get to them. Okay. We'll get well, hey, we'll get to the, what we can. Yes. And if we don't, then I'll tell them where they can find number okay, the other ones we don't miss. Awesome. So here's why here's why seeking clarity is so important. These are sequential. So they are in order. Once you have really good clarity and part of that clarity is really clear game plan and a really clear human capital plan. A lot of people don't talk about that. They just be like, they look at people, they look at people as a tool and transactional and, but that, but this is why the second habit is so important. The second habit is to generate energy. Mm, Yes. So a lot of times in life, we don't have a time management issue. We have an energy issue. Absolutely. So are the people that you're surrounding yourself with and is the job that you're doing driving amazing positive energy towards Mm -hmm. your life? Are you pumped? Do you wake up excited? Yeah. You know, and even if it's hard, even if it's so hard, you know, this is what you were born to do and you know that this was what you were meant to do. And so to generate energy, it's different than having energy. Because mm. what's crazy, I actually think when God made me, he put like a little extra drop of energy in, my, in the <laughs> I think back. So too. He's like, burp, burp. <laughs> so I just naturally, like, I'm naturally pretty happy. I'm naturally like have a lot of energy. I sleep like a baby. Like when I lay my head on the pillow, I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> because I just, I go and I love everything. I love everyone I work with. I love the projects I'm working on. So, awesome. so your energy is high, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to look at that. 
how does your energy, how do you show up when you come to a meeting? Yeah. Is your energy bad? Is your energy bad when you get to your team? And I and also so, think people think about it in that regard, but then they're not thinking about their energy with their spouse or with their kids. A hundred percent. And if it's not on point there, it's not going to be on point at the office. hundred percent. Yeah. And that's, that's what I call the home court advantage. So it's like, if everything's not right at home, it's hard to be, have everything right at work. Yeah. So so, I mean, even now what I do, and I'll tell you, like, even before I get on with you, like I literally did some pushups and some jumping yeah, jacks, yeah. just getting my blood pumping and flowing. When I drive home, I'm actually taking my family. We're going to go, we're actually going rock climbing at an indoor gym. I got yeah. my twin boys that are 10, my twin girls that are 14. I've got a 19 year old. I got a 21 year old. She's getting married in a month. And my wife, oh my we're God. all going, we're all going rock climbing. Like Monday night is like family night. I love that. But there's times where, you know, I will try my best. I will put my phone away when I get home. Mm -hmm. But if I've had a really hard day and I pull in the garage and I'm not ready to go in there, like I used to walk in my house and I'm like, hold on, Jack, just, I yeah. got, I'm on the phone. Can you not see this? I mean, forget about it. Like, yeah. how do you think he feels when I'm doing that? Right. You right. know, and there has been time where I've done that. And it literally, sure. like when I was younger, when our business was growing like crazy, like, there were times that I wasn't the best dad, but I'm not going to be that person anymore. Yeah. Anymore. So now I take a deep breath in the garage mm. and then they will get their very best dad when I come in and I'll be like, what's up guys. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. And maybe my, my energy's good. Maybe Char's had a bad day, my wife. Yeah. And so I got to measure that too. It's yeah. Like, yeah. But we're, but we're conscious with their energy and I'm conscious with my energy, with my business partners, mm. with you with, you know, with my family, if I'm going to show up, I'm going to show up with energy that will generate energy in other people. Yeah. That's what generating energy is. Are you I lighting the that. fire in others? Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. And it's the biggest gift you can give people, you know, it's, yeah. it's how it goes back to the old saying is like how you make people feel. And yeah. I can remember at my dad's funeral and person after person getting up to talk about him. It was how he made people feel. And, you know, it's kind of cliche to even think that or say that about someone's funeral, but, you know, people could have talked about, oh my gosh, your dad gave me this, or your dad did this. And it was all about how they felt like the most important person in the room. Mm -hmm. And it, it didn't matter who they were, you know, and, and the love that he bestowed on people and his presence. And that's all energy. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. Love that. All right, on to number three. On to number three. So number three habit, according to Brandon and High Performing Habits, is to raise necessity. Mm. And that that is also a habit. Um, you know, there's individuals that you know that that like what is it? Is it I don't I mean it's we're almost done with January. How many people have actually finished their New Year's resolutions? Right. My daughter said this morning on the way to school, she said, mom, we're one twelfth the way through the year. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's <laughs> daunting. But I immediately think of like, where am I with yeah. the intentions for the year and the strategy that I laid out? And have I made one twelfth progress towards that? Yeah. Right. And always doing, you know, having that measuring stick to see if we're on track. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So raising necessity is simply this is that you are setting non-negotiable goals mm -hmm. 
that no matter what, you're going to do everything you can in your power to hit those goals. To raise necessity is just like, I mean, basically I signed up for three triathlons this year. Yeah. And I know come January, January, I mean, July 6th, they're going to shoot the gun and I'm going to be in the water swimming and there's nothing I can do about it. I'm either (laughs) going to be ready or I'm not. Right. Right. So it's just like, what are you doing in your life? This is high performance. This is high. This is so freaking important. Mm -hmm. It's like goals. People look at them as just like, uh, they're, they're nice to have. Right. But high performers are just like, no, we're going to hit 110 million in revenue this year. Cause I just, I just finished with the, with the CEO. He's like, you guys, would you all, do we all believe that? Are we going to find ways to get it? Mm-hmm. Are we going to be able to do that? And all their energy was high. My chief marketing officer, my legal team, you know, from sales to marketing to finance, we're all aligned, right? Let's go. Let's do this. And I'm actually have high confidence that they're going to do it yeah. because they actually went from 3 million to 38 million to wow. 63 million. And now they have a goal to 110. And mm-hmm. that's because he's like leading his team yeah. with very good clarity. I was just going to say with clarity, with energy. Yeah. With clarity and energy. You see how they're sequential? Yes. Because you just think if you're driving the team, they have zero energy. Right. They're just like, ah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, like, we can't really do that. They'll be nodding their head and then they'll step out of there and be like, Stan, can you believe this guy? You think yeah. we're going to do this? I mean, forget <laughs> about it. I mean, that's, right. but if it's just like, yeah, dude, you can hear the angelic choir singing. Yeah. And it's like, dude, that's high performance teams. We got this. Let's go. Let's roll. You know, yes. and that's, that's like the coaching that I love is getting companies and teams in that kind of a vibe Mm -hmm. where they have those three first habits just nailed. Yeah. That makes sense. So good. That makes makes sense. Total sense. Total sense. And you know, my kids are Uber athletes. And so I can't help but think of this with every coach they have, because there are some coaches that lead with energy yeah. And and a firm hand, but lead with the the vision to win, the the high level energy, and then there's coaches that you know just coach from a place of almost shame, shaming mm-hmm. and and just constant, constant, just you know berating and hammering, and it is so hard for me yeah. to watch from the stands, yeah. so yeah. hard, and it is it becomes the energy of the team instantly, instantly. Yeah. Yep. So I think watching kids sports is a really good place to see this play out. Well, and I'm my, I'm my, I'm my twin boys flag football coach. <laughs> and I want to see that. <laughs> dude, they are so freaking awesome. Oh my gosh. And we are, my dad was a high school football coach for 33 years. Yeah. And so we would literally say family prayers. Then we'd put our hands in the middle and be like, go Garns. And then we'd be like, <laughs> get out there and feed the horses let's go (laughs) (laughs) love it oh my gosh what a great model for you to have growing up that's awesome awesome um okay so we've got see clarity generate energy raise necessity okay and so once you have raised necessity and they know that that's like it's it's an immovable like thing that you're going to accomplish and do then you increase productivity Mm. then all of a sudden your productivity goes out the roof yeah and brendan actually clarity energy and necessity it's got to yeah yeah because a lot of times people are just like well i don't even know what i'm doing i don't know what to do today i don't know what's happening their energy's low 
Well, I mean, I don't even think we can hit this goal because I mean, I mean, dude, there's so many people playing business right now. There's a big thing that's called quiet quitting where they just do enough not to get fired. Yeah. Are you just doing enough in your life not to fall apart? Right. That's that's low performance. That's not even like yeah. that's not even like performance. But so many people are in that frame of mind right now. They're just like, uh, I can kind of just be on this Zoom call and yeah. But, but you love it when like pe- like candles are dancing in people's eyes and they're like yeah. they're engaged. They're like, let's go, let's think of this, let's go. You know, it's a whole. That's the energy we want to get companies and people to. And then all of a sudden their productivity goes out the roof Yeah. and they come to work on time or you are, you're at the gym on time. Yeah. You keep promises to yourself. Then your productivity is like, you lose that weight. You've always wanted to lose. You've made the money you've always wanted to make. You've said you're sorry to those people you needed to you know, ask forgiveness for. You've got alignment right now and all your productivity, like you've done things in your life to get rid of all of the stuff. Mm-hmm. And now you're just kicking some serious butt in life. And that's how we should all be living. I mean, that's what life's all about. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it, I think one of my driving forces is that I really, and, and I hope this doesn't sound like it comes from a judgmental place. I really do think it's just an observational space of society, just, you know, trudging through their weeks to get to their weekends, to, numb themselves out with whatever substance it is, even if it's just food, you know, and then, you know, starting the grind over on Monday. I mean, we are barely surviving. And when you start to tap into this place where you are thriving, I mean, I've had so many moments where I'm like, I didn't know I could feel like this, you know, and we have the opportunity to feel that way every single day. Yeah. Every single day. Yep. Mm, So good. So good. Are we going to cover five and six or do we want to tell people where they're at? Cause I have more questions for you. <laughs> you, t- you tell, I mean, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. If we want to leave those other, I can send you a link for like either growth day or high performing habits yeah. or whatever. And I am a big Brandon Bouchard fan. Like he yeah. really guided me through my hustle years as an entrepreneur. And, and that kind of leads me to this next question because I feel like I'm coming out of that season where I've built something really big and that's amazing. And I'm finally starting to find clarity on what's next and, and a little bit of balance. I mean, Mm -hmm. a lot more balance, you know, and it's, it's, it's a beautiful place to be. Although with an entrepreneurial mind, there's always something else, you know, which is a blessing and a curse. Yeah. But all of these things. I think the question that I want to ask you, because I think you demonstrate this so beautifully in your life and it's, it's a different life now than it was when you were building your company, but how do you find, because I think it's so important. How do you find, I hate the word balance because there isn't when you're an entrepreneur, but how do you find just the like space in your life to, to be able to breathe, to be able to, you know, turn it off for a minute because I I know that I almost worked myself into the ground. I did work myself into the ground. Yeah. And yeah. I look back and obviously I'm like, oh, I could have done that a little bit differently. But yeah. what are your suggestions for that? Because we're in this dichotomy, I believe, of, you know, people out there saying, you know, hustle, 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 grind, grind, grind. And there's a huge part of me that believes in that because there was a big part of my life that did that to build what I built. And now we have the anti-hustle culture. 
where I think people are using that as an excuse to say, I'm just going to manifest it and it'll come to me. And they're not doing anything. So I'm like, no, 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 no. How do you strike a balance between that? So I don't, I don't think there is balance in life. Yes, I agree. I think for me, there is what's called harmony. Mm. And it's different. So everybody wants to be like, okay, I'm like, here's the thing. I'm going to work. I'm going to work X amount of hours. I'm going to play X amount of hours. And then I'm going to do family time X amount of hours. I'm going to go to church X amount of hours. Like I'm going to have this balance. I don't think, I don't think high performers, you need to get into a state of harmony, Mm. which is different than balance, where it's just like my work and my play are the same. Yes. I'm thinking the word integration keeps coming up for me. It's full integration. I take my kids on business meetings with me. Like, you know, I plan specific things for my family that make me a better person and that push us to be better and to be more. So I think that it's like, it is a good, it's a good harmony that I've actually got into, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but I think you have to do it intentionally. Yeah. Like I love to see my kids off to school or take them to school. Like that little precious moment on Saturdays, I do try to shut everything down. Mm-hmm. Saturdays and Sundays are completely for my dedicated to my beautiful, beautiful, beautiful kids and family. Yeah. Like I am not going to be the kind of dad that they do not have a relationship. I think true success and true prosperity for me. Yes. And true habits are when they want to hang out with me when they're like adults, right? They're like, dude, they can't wait to be with dad. I love my dad. He's my freaking hero. And so I think that ensuring that you're doing that. Yeah. But again, it comes back to these other habits. And and I'll share share the fifth one because it's important and it it does with this. Mm. All of a sudden, the fifth habit, you've done something really remarkable. You've now... Demons, you've now been able to develop influence. Mm. Yes. And I'm talking influence still. If you needed somebody, could you call them at three o'clock in the morning? Right. Yeah. You know, if I wanted to throw a party up at Sundance with Chris Voss on Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, would I get anybody to come? We have a packed house and I literally can't even bring any more people, right? Yeah. So awesome. So, it's like, and then I have more abundance than I know what to do with. I have more people that want to work with me than I know what to do with. So it's just yeah. like, then I have to see clarity, right? And I have to reverse yeah. back to that. Yes. All of a sudden you're, you've put yourself in a state where things, then this is the manifestation state. Yeah. But for me, manifesting is actually working so incredibly intentionally yes. and hard about it that you get yourself in a place of harmony. And then people are just going to be like, dude, I don't know what he does. <laughs> but dude, I love it. I, I just want to be felt. with them. I just want to be with her. I just want to like know who they are. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's just like, you've got, you're in this state of developed influence and not that you're an influencer and have all this. It's just like, right, right, right. We're not those talking about that. that. Yeah. Those that love you the most, that actually those that know you the most, love you the most. Mm. Right. That's what's important. And those that like, can I trust you? Um, is a big, big part of that. So the fifth habit is actually developing influence. And I think that by doing that, you can get yourself in that state of harmony um, pretty, pretty well. I love that because I think if people jump to influence, first of all, in this day and age, they're automatically going to, how can I 
get more followers and sway social media. And that's not it at all. You know, mm. I, I love when people tell me, you know, if we're in a, like a mastermind situation or a team situation and they're like, I had no idea what I was getting into. I just knew I wanted what she had, you know, talking about like when one of my first conversations with them, it's that that doesn't come from me trying to manipulate or sell someone that comes from me being clear, me having this energy, right? And just just wanting to give that to other people and, and help them. And so that's how you influence. It's really by who you are as a person, not your ability to persuade. Yeah. 100%. That things come to you naturally. And I mean, I think I think you get yourself in a state of influence when, when it, it, you know, it's not who you know, it's who you help in life. Mm-hmm. And it's also it's not, it's not who knows you, it's what they say about you when you're not around yeah. that matters most. Absolutely. And I think developing influence is also treating everyone the same, no matter where they may be at in their career, is that you never know who the treasure map to the treasure is. Right. Right. And I feel like I've always been, um, since I was very young, I've always, that's what's always impressed me the most is when I find out somebody's wildly successful or whatever, you know, they do in the world. And I'm like, really? I had no idea. There was a man I knew in San Diego. I I got sober out there when I was 21 years old and he had so much wisdom and he was so kind. And I used to talk to him in recovery meetings all the time. And somebody was talking about him at one point. And I said, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know him, the homeless guy. I had no idea that he lived in the hotel down the street, had a helicopter on top. He always came in in like tattered shorts and no shoes. And I thought he was homeless because we had a lot of homeless there. (laughs) And I had all the respect for him in the world because he never put that on and he treated everybody the same, just like you're saying. That's influence. Yeah. That's influence. Yep. Mm. That, That is influence. And and the thing that's interesting is I know a lot of very, 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 very wealthy people. And it's just like that. The most wealthy people I know that are true to who they are and live true don't care about things. Right. And for me, people are more important than things all Absolutely. day. Absolutely. It's And that's what my dad taught me. It's all yeah. about people. Life is, is yeah. just all about relationship and giving back, yeah. really. He's like, you know, it's about family and relationships and giving back. That was the legacy that my dad gave me. Yeah. So I want to ask you one last question before we wrap up, because I know you've got rock climbing family night and I don't want to yeah. keep you from that. I was driving home from the basketball game tonight and coming into this call with you. And I was thinking, I'm so grateful for connecting with you but one of the reasons I'm so grateful is because of your just transparency with your faith. And it's so beautiful to see. And I've already seen how that's had a ripple effect in just even what I, you know, say to people and share on social media and just being more transparent. And I think you have such influence in that area. And I know you know, how, what a faithful man you are. So how do you, how do you feel that that has, I mean, this is, you're going to be like, well, Moira, it's everything, <laughs> but how does that play a part in your life? How did it play a part during the hustle and build season? And how does it play a part now? Because I do think some people have that story 
that, you know, well, that's selfish to want more income or want a bigger business. And I serve a very abundant God. That's not my belief system. And I believe with Mm -hmm. more, we can do more. Yeah. But can you share a little bit about that for you? Yeah. I mean, I, I think for me, it's my faith is this, is that I really don't believe that I have a, an end. Um, I really believe that I'm on this earth for such a short season. And that part of my belief is that I'll be able to live and dwell with those that are closest to me. Mm. You know, if I treat everybody nice and do, (laughs) do, I mean, honestly, it's like, I really do like ask myself every single morning when I get on my hands and knees, like, am I doing God's will today? Yeah. You know, if, if I'm aligned with him, then I have a super, super amazing, amazing clarity. And when I'm listening to that, it's still small voice. And it's like, Randy, reach out to this person. And I don't know why, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's just like, I'm being guided. Yeah. For me, that's like real clarity. And that's why when I am setting my goals, when I am doing everything, I really will, I really will ask God, like, I'll ask him like, God, is this what you want me to do? Yeah. And and the other thing is, is that, you know, I have, you know, I've actually been in some pretty bad, I got ran over by a car like about 40 years ago. Mm. And I thought that was it. And I, I remember getting, when I was getting ran over, I'm like, I think this is it. I'm like, if I don't die, my wife's going to kill me when I get home, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I do, dude, I have a massive, massive, massive belief yeah. in angels. Yes. And I walk into every room like I got 3,000 ancestors behind me, you know? Yeah. I walk in, I I literally, I literally have, um, and I haven't always been this way, to be honest with you. Like it was, I did get caught up in growth. I did get caught up in things like, I mean, but now like for me, the most important thing in my life is my re- personal relationship with my savior mm-hmm. and with God, yeah. with my wife. And with my business partners. Isn't that because if I'm if I'm being true to who I am, then then it all fits. It all works. And it's all amazing. And that's why I have such good energy. Yeah. Ah, I love that so much. I always say listen to the whisper because I can't tell you how many times God has whispered crazy stuff that makes no intellectual sense. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'll talk to the person or do the thing. And you do that enough times and it leads to truly miracles. And that's what strengthens your faith to listen even more. You know, I love that. You also just reminded me, I want to give you this quote um, and I'll probably mess it up, but I read somewhere recently or heard it maybe on a documentary. um, I stand on the shoulders of those that have gone before me and done so much more with so much less. So we have the responsibility. We have so much. And, you know, those of that got, that have gone before us generationally, like we have a responsibility to, you know, do it, do it to the right level, have the clarity, have the energy, yep. give back to the world, live a beautiful life. And just like you said about potential, we all have that opportunity. Yeah. So let's go seize the day. Let's go make it happen. You know, one yeah. of my, one of my favorite, one of my favorite leaders and and I'm gonna share, I'll share with you the last habit, and we'll end it up. Yes. This is perfect. to is to demonstrate courage. Mm. 
And as a high performer, as a high performance leader, one of my favorite quotes of all time was I was sitting in a business meeting and that one of the, one of the gentlemen is actually in a, in a kind of a spiritual business meeting, if you will. He said, I pray that God will give me mountains to climb. Yes. I pray for struggles. I pray for challenges, Yes, you know, because we're all going to have them. And, but if we take those in such a way where we know that we can't be stopped and we have courage in our life, yes. too many people are buckled right now in fear. And I just want to give them a shot and an injection It's like, you can do this. We got this. God will help us. And, and you can do so many amazing things and you can climb hard mountains. And a lot of people don't have somebody encouraging them. Mm. And I just want to be an encourager all my life. One of my dad's favorite quotes was do as much as you can for as many people as you can, as often as you can and expect nothing in return. So yeah. I want to be left on this earth as known as somebody that was an encourager. Now, I love being with you today. This has been so fun. Randy, thank you so much for your time. It is such an honor to just have this conversation and I'm really looking forward to what's ahead. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'll put all of your links in the show notes to the book, to the habits, all the things, but thank you again so much for your time. Oh my gosh. Thank you guys for joining us today. What an incredible, beautiful conversation with the one and only Randy Garn. I'm so appreciative of him, his, his, just his presence in my life and his time today to be able to share him with all of you. Make sure you guys that you follow us and leave us a review on Apple podcasts on Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.